I do believe that social media is the new word of mouth marketing. And the only way that we can take advantage of that is if we're getting word of mouth. If the people that follow us are sharing our content with their followers, because I am not connected to their followers. So their followers are a whole new audience for my message. And then if that group likes what they're reading from me and they share it with their group, that's where we get to take advantage of the power of word of mouth marketing. Welcome to Captivate the Room with your host, internationally known voice expert, Tracy Goodwin, an award-winning speaker who has taught hundreds around the globe to make a big impact with their voice. This podcast is for anyone who wants to step onto a bigger stage, make a bigger impact, and have a voice that makes people listen. Presentation matters, and the voice is the missing link. Join in and you'll see why. Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Tracy Goodwin, and I'm so glad to have you with me today as always. Thank you so much for your shares and your downloads and for being a subscriber. I love being on this voice journey with you, and I've got a great episode for you today. I've got a very special guest with me. The guest that I have, I've actually known for a little while, and I had the, a little while, I guess maybe over a year, And I had the opportunity to work with him in one of my small group programs. And and then we did a little bit more work together. But I just love Brad Friedman. And he's he's such a cool guy. And I know you're going to love hearing from him. His story is very unique. He's a recovering attorney is what he calls himself. Let me tell you a little bit about Brad. He's the founder and president of the Friedman Group, which is a and he's a Denver native. And like he says, he's a recovering attorney, drawing on his lifetime of work with attorneys, CPAs, financial service providers, and business owners, Brad formed the Friedman Group to work with these groups of people to enhance their online presence while helping them take advantage of the power of social media. He speaks regularly to a variety of groups and hosts workshops several times a year for the Jefferson County Business Resource Center in Lakewood, Colorado. Brad speaks on inbound, email, and social media marketing topics. Brad is an Amazon best-selling author of the Small Business Owner's Guide to Inbound Marketing and Brad Friedman on Digital Marketing, Doing Social Media Right When You Don't Have the Time and Don't Want to Get in Trouble. Brad's highly rated digital marketing news tips and tricks podcast, the Digital Slice podcast, can be found on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or other podcast platforms of your choosing. And Brad and I have a lot in common when it comes to podcasting and speaking live. And I just love the work that he does. He's really sharp in marketing. And you know, I don't I don't think I've ever had anybody in marketing on the show, maybe a long time ago. But I know you're going to love hearing from Brad. So let's head on over to the show. Brad, welcome to the show. I'm so glad to have you here. I am so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. You know, I was thinking this morning, I was thinking, I can't believe I've known Brad as long as I've known him. And he's just now coming on the show. What? what uh, that's crazy. So 
You know, it's funny. I was thinking the same thing this morning. <laughs> what the heck took her so long to ask me to be on her show? I know. I don't know what I was thinking, but I'm glad you're finally here. Me too. Me yeah. Too. Well, so I want to talk about a bunch of things. I have a bunch of questions and I, and I know that the listeners are really going to enjoy hearing from you because one, you have such a unique story. Now, I, you know, you, you, you can go into as much detail as you want, but I would love to hear about your previous life and your current life with regards to career. Okay. Well, I spent um, probably the first 16 years of my adult career life um, practicing law. Uh, I don't necessarily count all the restaurant jobs I had before that trying to get through school. Um, although, funny story, I I was at one point considering going into the restaurant business after I had all these years of of experience, and I went to discuss that with my parents, and my father said, "All we want is for you to be happy. If you want to be in the restaurant business, you should be, but you know." If you want to go to law school, now is the time that I have it in my ability and my life plan to help you. And next year, if you change your mind and say the restaurant business is terrible, I want to go to law school, I'll support you in that decision, but not financially. So uh, I uh, had to make a big decision, actually, as to whether I was going to go into the restaurant business or law school. Um, and of course I chose law school and I loved practicing law for about, um, maybe 13, 14 of those 16 years. Um, a lot of the work that I did was in the family law area and the last three years that I practiced, I had some horrible, stressful cases, child custody, abuse. Um, I had a very high profile, locally high profile case with a ultra orthodox rabbi and his wife who were getting divorced and there were abuse allegations and it was a very, it was horrible. And I've always had this philosophy as I've gone through my work life that, uh, if I'm not having fun, I'm going to stop doing it. And it was interesting because I, when I went into my partner at the time, I had just scheduled a meeting with him and I went in and, I, and he sat down and he looked at me and he said, you're not having fun anymore, are you? And he oh, just wow. knew, he knew what was coming. Um, yeah. So yeah, so I did that for 16 years. From there I went and I ran a charitable foundation for the next eight years which I loved. I enjoyed that a lot. Um, I was able to use a lot of my legal skills in that position because basically it was working with high net worth people to help them come up with tax advantageous ways to help the charity when they passed away. Um, I liked that because it was not a fundraising job. I never asked anybody to write a check. Um, unless they wrote a check to their lawyer to create a trust or codicil to their will. And it was, a, that was a very, very rewarding job. And then the stock market crashed 
And I had reached the goals that my board set for me. And they said, time to set new goals. And I went out and talked to all my donors and they said, don't set goals around any expectations from me because the stock market just crashed. And I have no idea what to think about the future. And, you know, we're first place we're cutting is charity. And so I went to my board and said, nope, you're setting me up for failure. Um, did what I told you I was going to do. I think I'll go out on top. And uh, as much as I loved that job, it was a good time to, yeah. to exit because there were going to be some lean years coming up. Yeah. Then I sat down and did that exercise that all the career coaches tell you to do and make the list of all the things that you love to do and all the things that you don't like to do and, you know, try to come up with what the next move was. And because I'd always been so interested in technology and because I had kids that were at the perfect age for social media um, and I had to learn social media in order to interact with and parent my children, because I always encourage them to take advantage of whatever the latest thing was, whether it was doing PowerPoint presentations in kindergarten or learning how to set up a MySpace page, which is what it was at that time. Yeah. Um, I always encouraged them to do that, but I encouraged them to do that with the caveat that I was going to be their first connection. And that I wanted them to think that anything they posted, there was a possibility that their father might see it. Mm. And so that necessitated me learning all the social media that they were learning so that I could keep up with them. And um, it turned out to be to my benefit because when I was looking for what was next and I was thinking about all the people that I had spent all those years working with who were professionals, lawyers and doctors and CPAs and financial services providers, I saw this gap on the internet. And I saw this group of people not taking advantage of the power of the internet because of all the regulations that they had to comply with. And I thought, oh, I could still integrate my legal background into something I think is going to be very fun and rewarding and help those people take advantage of the power of the internet. And that was 10 or so years ago, and the rest is history. That's, that's pretty amazing. <laughs> that is pretty amazing how you ended up. I didn't know that part of the story, or maybe, huh? maybe I just didn't remember that part of the story, that it was actually being involved with your kids that got you into social media. And, you know, I just think it's so important to recognize that you that you recognized when you weren't having fun anymore and you left. I mean, you had this, this degree and this career and this traction and it wasn't fun anymore. And you left because I think that there's a whole lot of people probably even listening right now that would give anything to have the courage to walk away because they're not having fun. And I, I just think that's amazing that you just did that. Well, you know, we spend so much of our our waking hours working. Yeah. Um, I always just felt, I mean, and I have, I mean, I still have lots of friends who are lawyers and uh -huh. I recall at the time, lots of them saying to me, geez, you know, I wish 
I could do what you're, what you're doing. And, you know, you get to a certain point and you're, you're a partner at a big law firm and you have a certain style of living that you're, that you've become mm. used to. And, you know, there's all kinds of considerations and I'm sure my wife would have liked for me to put a little more weight on those considerations <laughs> um, than I did. But uh, even during my career, I worked at several different law firms. I was on my own for a while. Um, I've been pretty, uh, pretty strict minded at the, if you're not having fun, it's time to find something that is fun. Yeah. I think that's so, if it's not working, it's not working and you can't make it work if it's not working. Well, and I'm sure I can only imagine, and we've talked about this before. I can only imagine the challenges that you faced in law. I've worked with a lot of lawyers. We've had conversations about it. I just, it's just tough. It's a tough space. Yeah, it is. And particularly in the family law area. Uh I mean, it's one thing if I was sitting down and writing leases every day or corporate minutes or contracts or, you know, but when you were working with people um, who you were having influence on their life. Yeah. Um, even, you know, obviously the cases where they had kids, it was a lot more significant, but it was always easy for me to say, oh, you know, it's just an asset. It's just dollars, you know, the, then they'd, well, that's easy for you to say, but I worked yeah. hard, but it was, it was, there's dollars and then there's kids, but throughout it all, you have such an effect on the future of somebody's life. It was yeah. very stressful. Yeah. I can only imagine, you know, I coach those judicial teams and I mean, it's just so intense that, that whole work It's had to be so stressful. And, and I would think that maybe, you know, that's one thing that's probably very different in marketing is that it's maybe not as stressful and it's maybe more creative. I don't oh, absolutely. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. Um, so there's still, a, you know, there's still some stress, um, but it's not like, you know, it's not like brain surgery stress. Yeah. Um, it, it's stress because you have goals and you have metrics and, and you're trying to, you know, meet client expectations, that yeah. kind of stress, but yeah. it's a hundred percent, you know, more creative, but in a different way. I mean, when I was standing up in court, I still felt like I had to be creative. Yeah. I had to say something or I had to show some evidence or put data on a piece of paper in a creative way that would attract attention, create you know, trust and credibility, similar things to things that I try to do in my marketing strategies, but different. It might, maybe, I don't know. I don't know any of that left brain, right brain stuff, but I, I sense that my legal creativity was on the other side of my marketing creativity brain. Yeah. 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 And that's fascinating. It's like, I've known so many surgeons that are also incredible musicians, mm-hmm. you know, that like the, the both sides working well in your marketing and I, and, and 
I don't know a lot about marketing. It's certainly one of the areas where I need the most help. But is there an area that you specialize in? Is there, you know, something that you love the most or do you just do it all? You do Facebook ads, you do, you know, the the whole thing. Tell us a little bit about the the work that you do for people and and maybe the parts that you, you know, what do you love the most? Right, right. So I do a, a wide range of um marketing for mainly for professional people. Those are the people that I, that I like to focus on because I have the particular skill set that fits nicely in that area. Um, and because of that, um, a lot of my work is with people on LinkedIn mm. because that's where they are because that's where their audience is. Yeah. So I was a very early adopter of LinkedIn personally. Um, and I work with a lot of people on best practices for creating LinkedIn profiles, mm. strategies for then using LinkedIn afterwards to build a community and generate leads and revenue. Um, and, I, and I really enjoy that work. Um, and then the other social platforms that we you know, used to market on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. And, you know, these days you really can't do any kind of digital marketing without doing video. Yeah. So, you know, there's YouTube and then there's the live video, Facebook live, YouTube live, um, LinkedIn live, which if anybody from LinkedIn is listening in, I still don't have LinkedIn Live <laughs> and I'm very frustrated. And I've written to you guys several times and I get back very nice replies, but I still don't have LinkedIn Live. I don't have it either. Is it, how, do they, remember when Facebook Live came out and they rolled it out slowly, like all the people that had like a billion followers, yeah. they got it first. And that, is that what you think LinkedIn is doing with Yeah, LinkedIn absolutely. Live? I mean, yeah. and they said they were doing that. They said oh, they were okay. rolling it out, you know, slowly, but it's been long. It's been it a while. Slowly. Yeah. <laughs> and um, lots of my friends have it. Uh-oh. And if they have it, I you should, should have. have it. Yeah, that. Yeah, they need to LinkedIn. If you're listening, yeah. get on this. Of course, I, I don't know if LinkedIn is listening, but you never know. You never know. You never know. Well, so you just kind of do it all. Um, what What do you think is the biggest mistake that people make? What's a mistake that people make on LinkedIn? What's a mistake that people make in their overall marketing plan? What's a mistake that people make on Facebook? Give us some feel for mistakes. So I, I, I think the first mistake is um, not getting on board with digital marketing. Yeah. I think that's the first mistake. And, and I say that because a lot of the, the people that I work with um, are just now getting started and are getting started reluctantly. So, you know, for many, many years, lawyers weren't even allowed to advertise. And it hasn't been in the, in the scheme of things in the world. It hasn't really been that long since lawyers were able to advertise. And there was a lot of stigma, even when people, even when lawyers were allowed to advertise, there were always those 
big fancy law firms who said we get all our business from word of mouth marketing. It's mm -hmm. the personal injury lawyers and the bankruptcy lawyers and the divorce lawyers that need to advertise, not us. And convincing those people that social media is the new word of mouth marketing yeah. has been a big challenge for me. Same with financial services because of SEC and FINRA regulations. A lot of people think it's just too much brain damage. It's too hard. Um, so number one mistake is not understanding that there is a place for you in the digital marketing world and that every day you wait to jump in, your competition is getting further and further ahead of you. Yeah. Um, and then I think the, uh, you know, one of the biggest mistakes that I see on LinkedIn, for example, and even on Facebook is people who think that their presence on those platforms is meant only to sell. Mm, yeah. So people who are constantly pitching a product, a service, or something, instead of coming into this community as a member of the community, demonstrating some leadership skills and hoping to educate the community, to provide valuable information to the community, to build trust and credibility so that when it's time to pitch my product or service, um, I already have an audience who says, boy, the last eight out of 10 posts have been really interesting about the industry, about things that are, are important to me. And now he's earned the right to ask me to buy his book or hire him to manage my social media. And I think that's a mistake that I see um, a lot of people doing, thinking that, that their profile page or their Facebook page or their LinkedIn company page is just another billboard yeah. or another website where all they do is sell. Well, you know, I'm almost afraid those people are going to wreck it because, in, you know, it's just off the hook. I'll get a, a connection request and, and I'm trying to be on LinkedIn more because I know that's really where a lot of my people are. And I'll get a LinkedIn request and they'll write a nice note and I'll think, sure, that sounds good. And 14 seconds later, I've got, here's my article, here's my video. Oh, and by the way, do you, would you like, are you interested in me running your whole system for $14 million? You know, whatever. Yeah. And I'm scared they're going to wreck it because yeah. it, at any time now, nine out of 10 of those connects, that's what they go straight to. Right. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I don't do this very often, but uh, last week or the week before I got one of those just absolutely immediately selling me something. Yeah. And I wrote back to the person and I said, you know, I'm in this digital marketing business and I don't normally write back when I see this, but I'm just curious, does this actually work for you? Oh, wow. What did they, did they, did they come back to you with? Yeah. What they said? He did. And he said, yeah, that it was working. And I don't I, know if I, I believe I really that. was just curious. I mean, I really was irritated. Yeah. But, but I thought, you know, this is a guy. I mean, I, it was, I think it was a, 
financial planner or money manager. I mean, it was somebody who I would like to develop a relationship with. But the very first message was, hey, I have a for sure way for you to double your money in the stock market and, you know, whatever it was. And so I did. I wrote him back. I said, does this work before you develop a relationship or at least have some chit chat? You know, we just jump right into bed. Yeah, right. And he said it worked, that he got a good percentage of of leads from doing it. See, I think that's shocking because all the conversations that I have with professionals, and, and I don't have a lot, but I am in the entrepreneurial space. And so I am in groups and this, that, and the other. Everybody complains about it. Yeah. The, you know, the fact that the second you hit the connect button, they're pitching you. Or, or they're, you know, got 14 articles that you, they want you to read and comment on. And it's like, I don't even know you and, I, and you want my time and now you want my money. Right. Yeah. I think that's a big mistake. I do too. Um, I really do. I really think that regardless of the, of the platform, whether it's Facebook or LinkedIn or YouTube or Twitter or anything, that we really need to come into it with a mindset of, building community. Yeah. Um, I would much rather have, you know, a hundred engaged followers who are liking and sharing and commenting on my posts than have a million um, unengaged followers who, you know, I'm just sending stuff out and I never hear anything but, but crickets. Yeah. Um, because I do believe that social media is the new word of mouth marketing. And yeah. the only way that we can take advantage of that is if we're getting word of mouth. If the people that follow us are sharing our content with their followers, because I am not connected to their followers. So their followers are a whole new audience for my message. And then if that group likes what they're reading from me and they share it with their group. That's where we get to take advantage of the power of word of mouth marketing. And I just don't believe you can do that if you're selling 100% yeah. of the time. Yeah. Oh, I agree. I agree totally. So how do you market your business? You run your own business. You work for yourself. So what, and you don't have to tell us all your secrets, but what is, what is one thing that you do maybe on LinkedIn or or Facebook or whatever, what is one strategy that you can share with us that, that works so well that you use it or it works well for your business? Right. So, um, I mean, in many ways I try to practice what I preach and I feel like before anybody ever hires me, they're going to go look at my presence on the various platforms. So I don't sell a hundred percent of the time. Um, I try to share valuable, uh, interesting content regularly and consistently so that I can, um, you know, be one of those people who's a giver in the community. When my time to take comes, it comes. Um, uh, So I do, you know, what I tell my clients to do is post regularly and consistently post valuable information I post a lot of things about the digital marketing industry that relates to what I do, but isn't pitching what I do. 
So if there's an article, a blog post on how important video is in your marketing, I'm going to share that blog post and it's going to say, here's a really interesting article on how important video is in your digital marketing strategy. It's not going to say, and I can help you put that strategy. (laughs) Right. Um, But, you know, I teach the 80-20 rule of 80% of your posts are um, value add posts. And then you've earned the right for 20% of your posts to be pitches. So my, my two out of 10 posts are going to be, hey, do you need some help putting together your video marketing strategy? I can do that. Or do you need to improve your presence on LinkedIn? Call the Friedman Group or you know those kinds of things. So um, I really market my business like I market my clients' businesses. Yeah, yeah. Now, and, I, and I'm going to pivot here in a minute, but I do want to ask a question because... I think I know the answer, but I want to hear it. you say it to the audience because I think it's very valuable. You've mentioned the word, well, the words, how essential it is to get on video today. And to me, it's shocking that people are, are not on video. I know that's part of your strategy because I see you do the Facebook Lives. And, and of course, if LinkedIn will ever get you LinkedIn Live, you, you'll certainly be doing Lives over there. But that, in my opinion, is crucial. Oh, absolutely. So um, there's lots of ways of looking at this. My preferred way of looking at it is that um, video has really become the dumbing down of the world. Um, Mm -hmm. People would much rather kick back with a bowl of popcorn and watch a three, 10 minute video about cats read five pages of a blog post or even one page of a blog post. So I think it has to do with the digital age, with our attention spans, um, with all kinds of things that psychologists and psychologists, psychiatrists can, you know, people much smarter than me could probably um, verify. But I think we're in a world where we sort of, we want that instant gratification and we get that much more from kind of chilling in front of a video than actually hunkering down and reading a blog post. Well, I agree. And I, you know, I quote the statistics all the time about attention span and how the attention span used to be so much longer 30 years ago when I started this work. And I believe 100% based on my research, it's because of video, because we've got the flash and the that and the cats and the funny and the this and all of this. And so now what do you have? Oh, you're not entertaining me at all. You know, in this video, I can be entertained and I have to be entertained with you know, we've got these video games and music videos and all this entertainment. And I believe without a doubt that has shortened that attention span. And with no attention span, how can you read a blog post? Right. So on the other side of that, though, I don't want to diminish the reality that, and I know I keep saying this, but we're in order for us to generate revenue and build our business, we need to be developing trust and credibility. Yeah. And there's no better way to do that than with audio 
and yep. with video. So when people can look into your eyes and they can hear your voice and they can see the expression and they can see you moving your hands and they can see how energetic or how you're not energetic or <laughs> right. whatever you're doing, um, they're building, you're building trust and credibility that way. People are actually getting to know you. They get to see that you have the poop emoji in your background. Yeah, I was just on, looking at on that. live video, and <laughs> I mean, they they get a sense of your sense of humor. I mean, and I'm you're not probably not old enough to remember back to the uh, days of President Nixon and all the talk about how you used to see him sweating on his upper mm-hmm. lip. And uh, during all the, the, you know, tragedy that he went through in, in the office, um, you'd see him making these speeches and he'd be sweating huh. and people didn't trust him yeah. because of that. They thought he was lying and he was nervous because he was lying. And, and you could see that in the, in the video. And I think that's another important thing to think about and another reason why it's so so popular and so important because people are doing their due diligence yeah they're deciding do i like this person can i work with this person i mean i tell people if you want to work with me at a minimum you have to at least think you have a sense of humor because i think i have a sense of humor you may not find me funny but there are going to be times when I'm going to make what I think is a joke and you at least need to know that it's a joke, whether you laugh at it or not. I mean, if we're going to be working together, you got to at least think you have a sense of humor. And, you know, I, it just is. And people, hopefully when they see me on video, they get a sense of, you know, what I would love for people to think is, ah, man, I want to party with that guy. But um, if not that, I want them to at least think that, you know, there's a little lighter side to the lawyer digital marketer. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I remember having a conversation with my coach one time about uh, referrals and, and how I got, you know, the people that come to me from the podcast and, and how it's just such an easy conversation to have with them about working together and, and I remember he said, well, it's because they, they know you, they know you, they've been listening to you and it in videos, the same thing, you know, they've been yeah. listening to me for three months, six months, 10 episodes and video. It's the same thing. It's like, I have a feel for you. I see how you move around. I see how you, you know, I see the poop emoji. So yeah, I, it's so true. And, and without that, I suppose I could pick somebody else. I, I don't really, I don't see you. I don't hear you but I see and hear this guy. So I guess I'll go with him because I feel like I know him better. I guess that could happen. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And on top of that, it's, I see, and I hear that person and what they're saying and the way they're saying it resonates with me. Yeah. Right. I mean, I have lots of people who go through life. Well, I'll give you a quick example of, uh, my daughter, for example, I connected her with the stockbroker that I worked with for many years. And she didn't understand what he was saying. He didn't 
present things to her in a way that she grasped them. Um, so I introduced her to another friend of mine that did the same thing. And she absolutely loves this person. Mm. He's telling her the exact same thing that the first person was, but in a way that resonates with her. So being able to express yourself on audio or video um, lets people know, do I relate to that person? Are they talking to me? Are they talking at me? Are they talking below me? Are they talking above me? Um, I, I think those are some of the things that having a podcast or having a Facebook live show um, let people figure out about you. And then they can't figure that out from a blog post. Right. I mean, you could write a blog post that nobody understands a word of because you use big words or you talk like a lawyer. Um, <laughs> but you could also you know, make a better impression by talking live, talking on video or talking audio. And I mean, I'm a big podcast fan. Um, I think it's important to be putting out podcasts and I listen to lots of them. I have a dog that needs to be walked 90 minutes a day and Mm. that's my podcast time. Yeah. And it's great. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, it sounds like that second podcast, I mean, not podcast, that second stockbroker guy sound like he did a little more captivating work with his voice, made your daughter feel something. That's yeah. what it sounds like to me. Oh, absolutely. And I think, I think you're right. I think that was some of it yeah. along with an ability to take something that's looked at as complex and making it simple. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Oh, for sure. It all goes together. I, you know, I say the words are everything, they're everything and they're nothing because they are crucial, but it's how we wrap them that really makes the difference. Right. And I think that is really an important message for people who want to go out and start doing videos. Yeah. Um, When I work with clients on videos, it's one thing to create the outline to, you know, have a specific goal in mind for your video, to do the marketing kinds of things when you're putting together your video and thinking, okay, I need to have a call to action, but I only want to have one call to action. Um, I did a lot of research and wrote a blog post once on this thought about if we give people too many choices, then the default is to not make a choice at all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I actually wrote this blog post and relate it to the wonderful experience I had of shopping for a wedding dress with my daughter and how skilled these people were at walking into a room with a thousand wedding dresses and picking 10 for you to look at so that we had a reasonable chance of making a choice. But in addition to doing all of that kind of work with a video or with a podcast, I think it's also important for the people to take a close look at the presentation side. So what does my background look like? What do I look like is important, but it's also how do we use our voice? Mm. Do we have good equipment so that people can hear us? Yeah. Okay. Is one thing, but are we talking a hundred miles an hour for 10 minutes? Yeah. Or are we varying our voice? And talking fast and 
than maybe slow when something's important? Are we talking louder? Are we talking softer? Are we using our voice to amplify our marketing message? I think is as important as um, the message itself. And of course, I love it that you just said all that. I didn't even tell him to say all of that. I said I was trained by the best. (laughs) I will say that. Well, I was going to say you, you definitely after us working together, obviously know the power of the voice and, and especially in video or podcasting or, or anything else. It is such an important part. So well, this is just this is just great. It's you know I'm I, I'm going to have to wrap it up here. But what uh, what's a any, what's a note that you want to leave leave us on? I don't want to I don't want to. You've already given us so much time that I don't want to keep going on and on. I could sit here and talk to you all day about marketing, and I know you've got a, a business to run, so I'm going to wrap it up. But but what what's a note you want to leave us on? Something that, or is there a note you want to leave us on? Anything you want to say? I mean, I think, I think I would just like to impress upon people the fact that you got to get in the game. Yeah. That if you're a business owner, if you're an employee who has aspirations of climbing the corporate ladder, if you're in this world in any way, you need to take advantage of the power of the internet. Um, whether it's you know email marketing or digital advertising or um, social media, it's it's I'm way past the time when people used to tell me, oh, this is just a fad. I don't need to invest time or money in this now because it's going to go away. It's not going away. Yeah, and we see that. We see the big brands are allocating the majority of their advertising dollars to digital as opposed to print or media or, you know, the other things. So I, the message that I have for people is you got to get in the game. And just start somewhere, I guess. Absolutely. Don't feel like you got to take it all on today. Start with one thing, right? The majority of my clients who aren't involved at all, we do some strategy development. We do some research we figure out where their audience is most likely to be Mm. and we start there. Oh, that's good. And we say, okay, so we're just going to spend one, maybe two months just doing LinkedIn. And then you're going to learn it and you're going to get in the flow and you're going to develop some habits. And then we could branch out to, you know, some other places where your audience is so you can be bringing your message to a wider group. But yeah, I absolutely believe in just starting with one. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think it can get very overwhelming very fast. Yeah. So, well, that's good. Well, now tell us, tell us where we can reach you. Tell us if we, if we want to work with you, how that, what that looks like, where do we get a hold of you? And of course I'll put your information in the show notes, but just give us a little rundown here. Sure. So you can find me on LinkedIn, uh, Brad Friedman. You can find my website, friedmansocialmedia.com. Um, those are probably the two places to start. And from the website, you can find all the other places I am. Okay. And I would highly recommend that on the podcast platform of your choice, you tune into the Digital Slice podcast, 
which is filled with marketing tips, tricks, and news that everybody can use. Now, that's your podcast, right? It is. Yeah. Is it a weekly show? I can't remember. It is not. Is it, it's I not. would love for it to be a weekly show, but uh, I have to service my clients before right. myself a lot of times. <laughs> right. <laughs> but you also do Facebook Lives. I see you doing those. Yes. So people are on Facebook. Yeah. They and a lot of times you. I take those Facebook Lives and I repurpose them into the podcast. Oh, nice. Yeah. And, and the YouTube video, I try to get as much bang for the buck as I can. See, you know all those ninja marketing tricks. There you go. Yeah. All right. Well, you guys make sure and check out Brad. I highly recommend him and his work. I just think he's top notch. I just just love working with him. And and I'm so glad you came on the show. I'm sorry it took me so long to get you here. Thank you so much. I really appreciate uh, having a chance. I always enjoy talking to you. And now I'm sort of talking with your audience too, which has got to be an extension of you. So I'm Pretty sure I like all of them too. I have a great audience. I have to say, I have a wonderful listener base. So, and they know how selective I am about who I bring on the show. I've actually heard that from many of my people that, wow, you really bring on the best guest. And I'm very selective. You know, there's a strategy behind all that. So, so I'm glad you were here. And thank you very much. Yeah. I enjoyed talking to you as always. And thank you, listeners. It's always great to have you with us, but I'm going to wrap it up. And until I see you next time, you know what to do. Get out there and speak your truth. Just do it beautifully. Thanks for listening to Captivate the Room with Tracy Goodwin. You can reach out to her at CaptivateTheRoom.com and be sure to grab The Voice Formula, a free video series that will help you start making a bigger impact with your voice today. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave a review on iTunes.